0: Welcome to the Piece of Cake Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Brianne, and We're here to make your wedding planning a piece, piece of cake. cake. Who are we? Just a couple of best friends who are passionate about weddings and all the little details along the way. We've been brides and bridesmaids, day off coordinators and party planners. We're accountants by day and wedding enthusiasts by night. We'll use our experience
1: and attention to detail to help you plan your special day. We know this is a really exciting time in your life, but the logistics can be stressful. That's where we come in. Tune in with us every week, and your wedding will be
0: a piece piece of of cake. Welcome to our first podcast. I can't believe we finally made it here. We've been best friends for almost eight years with a shared love of weddings.
1: I can't even count how many times we've watched Say Yes (laughs) to the
0: Dress together. We've always talked about getting into the wedding biz, so we're so excited to be here. But first, before we dig into the wedding details, here's a little more about us. We both live in the Seattle area, though we met at the University of Idaho. Go Vandals! I'm Emily and I married my husband Ethan last June so
1: we're coming up on our first wedding anniversary so exciting I've been a bridesmaid twice and I've done a lot of other day of coordinating and planning of showers and bachelorette parties And a fun fact that you won't really discover just by listening to us
0: is I'm really tall, like 6'4", and Brianne is not. I'm about 4'11 and 3 quarters, but we could round up to 5 foot if we wanted to. Uh, We get a lot of funny looks while we're walking down the street together, but that's what makes us unique. As I mentioned, I'm Brienne, and I married my husband, Parker, about three years ago. We just celebrated our third wedding anniversary with some wine tasting last weekend. I have been a bridesmaid in three weddings. I just booked my first day of coordinating gig, so I'm super excited for that. And I have planned tons of showers and bachelorette parties. But enough about us. Let's talk venues. Okay, so you just got engaged. Oh my gosh, we're super excited for you! Maybe you got proposed to on a beach at sunset. Maybe he popped the question at dinner. Hey, maybe you popped the question. Whatever your story, we know how excited and probably overwhelmed you're feeling right now. We can bet that right after telling your friends and family you got engaged, they're all asking, when's the big day? Have you picked a venue? And you're like, give me two seconds while I soak in this engagement. I haven't even had time to plan anything. So for our first episode, we wanted to tackle the
1: most important detail and the most common question, where's your venue? And throughout today's podcast, you'll also see that that goes in hand in hand with setting your date. Since we both planned weddings recently, we'll start by telling you our story and how
0: we picked our venues. That's a great idea, Emily. I'll start and give you a backstory about how I picked out my venue. What I can remember first is I sat down with my husband and we tried to decide what was most important to us in a wedding venue. We decided that we really wanted an outdoor ceremony and an indoor reception. We wanted the beautiful green outdoors for our pictures and for our ceremony, but then it was really important to us to be able to go inside and keep the party going all night. And it did, right, Emily?
1: Yeah, it was an awesome night.
0: So fun. So that narrowed down our search to what sort of venues we might be looking at. Uh, We considered a couple different places. We looked at um, some hotels, some lodges, resort sort of things. But what was really important to us is finding our wedding vibe and making sure that the aesthetics of the venue um, fit in with that. So the wedding vibe I was looking for is something very beautiful, classy, romantic. And what we decided really fit that was a golf course. This was also really exciting for us because my husband is an avid golfer and he's fantastic, shout out to Parker. And I just happen to like that they're beautiful and green and have gorgeous clubhouses. So we found this amazing golf course that looked just like a castle and i figured oh my gosh this is my dream venue i have to have it we started looking at their prices online and do you know how much it was to just rent for the ceremony space for like an hour you have any idea emily no probably a lot though right yes ten thousand dollars just to rent the ceremony space That's nuts. i don't even know if that got you chairs it didn't even include the reception so Obviously that wasn't going to be a thing for us, but then we realized that there was another golf course That had super similar vibes and was a lot more in our price range This actually fun fact ended up being a golf course that my mom's company runs a golf tournament at so I'd actually been there before had a really good experience and when we went back to tour it, we got there and I just remembered that it felt like home. Do you know that feeling when you just get there and you're like, this is right?
1: Yep, yeah, you have to get that feeling at your venue. Like That's
0: really important. Totally, so we knew that that's what was for us. But first, it was really important to us to have Parker and his family and my family go and actually play the golf course. And that was like sealing the deal for us. And so we went ahead and booked our venue.
1: Yeah. I remember when you took me to come visit your venue after you booked it and it was like amazing and it definitely felt like exactly what you were looking for and super easy. Couldn't wait to actually have the wedding there. I think it was super important that you shared about having what you thought was the perfect venue first and then finding out that it was a budget buster because I think that a lot of people like would want to just spend their whole budget on that because if you think that that's the perfect venue but it's like super important to balance your budget with what you think is your dream venue because you have so many other expenses to think about and we'll go into this in one of our later episodes but obviously there's a lot of venues out there and this one ended up being i think even better than what the first golf course option would have been anyways Mm -hmm. so i think that was great great decision (laughs) what other takeaways do you have from your venue picking?
0: Yeah, so definitely like I mentioned, the most important thing for us was having that indoor and outdoor space, but that might not be as important for our listeners. And I think the key is just sitting down with your fiance and deciding what is important to you. Like talking about those couple things that you really envision for your wedding and that are gonna be the most important drivers in making your decision whether those things are maybe finding a space that has the capacity for all 300 of your friends and family or uh, maybe that's having it in a certain city that's really close to where you grow grew up or close to your family you know things like that just finding what's really going to drive your decision Uh, from there you can kind of start to narrow down your options once you have decided on what's kind of a deal breaker for you. Start looking at venues, uh, going online, and looking at pictures, and then go visit them. I don't think that this is a decision that could be made like just looking online. Like, it was so important for me to uh, get there, and like we've mentioned, like, it felt like home. So you have to go there, and you have to know. One caveat to my story is that I was going to college in Idaho while I was planning my wedding. So I had my mom over in Seattle trying to help me out with picking venues, but I like couldn't actually go visit all of them. But I made sure once I had it narrowed down that I actually got to visiting Echo Falls and that's how I fell in love. And then to wrap it up, just making sure that you're sticking to your budget. You know, you don't have to have a detailed budget at this point, but just having a general overview of how much you think you can spend on your venue and doing some basic research online to look at the costs can save you a lot of heartbreak in the end if you can afford certain venues or not. Just knowing that up front is really helpful. So I think those are all the details that were really important to me, but overall, I think when you find the right venue, you'll just know. Just like when you meet the right person, you know. It should feel the same with your venue. Okay, so I think you've heard enough from me. Let's see what Emily has to say. Uh, I know Emily, you just went through picking your venue a little bit more recently than me. Can you tell us about your experience?
1: Yeah, I had some similarities to you, but also luckily I was here in Seattle picking my venue. And um, one difference I did have at the very beginning was deciding where which city to have my wedding in Mm -hmm. so i had some pressure from my side of the family who lives about three hours away to have our wedding over in that town and then where we live now here in seattle and where my husband's family's from it seemed easier to me to have our wedding here but also i was torn because it would be nice to have it in my hometown so that was like the first big decision i needed to make was figure out where to have the wedding and (laughs) having all the guests come to whichever place and didn't want to disappoint my mom and a lot of different things. But uh, in the end, I did some research and figured out like the best venue options were here uh, in Seattle because I really did, similar to Brienne want one that had indoor reception space, outdoor ceremony options, and in my hometown didn't really have those options in the season that I was looking for, so decided on Seattle. And once we made that decision, again, I did a bunch of research online and ended up going to visit the venues in person, which again, we highly recommend because mm-hmm.
0: things look a lot different in person than they do online. Oh yeah, you can pretty up those pictures mm-hmm. online, but you don't know what you're getting into yeah. until you get there.
1: It also makes a big difference. We went to a few venues where the venue itself was beautiful, but it wasn't necessarily in the best like location mm-hmm. or neighborhood or like the background of the pictures would be a dumpster or something not as beautiful and so those are things like they don't show on the pictures online but you definitely don't want maybe don't want your guests coming to this location and being like oh maybe not what you were going for
0: i totally know the one you're talking about it had a goodwill like across the street right and like no parking
1: yeah so definitely things you want to check out and would not know unless you went in person so highly recommend so i ended up going to a total of three venues before picking mine the first two were perfectly fine but once i got to the third venue which is the one i ended up going with like it just felt right they have a weekly open house basically where anyone could come and that's the time you can come to check out the venue so there was other people there but they were very personable and gave us a tour and it just felt amazing the one big kind of deal breaker thing that I had on my list was having a separate ceremony space inside in case it rained, because I'm just very particular about that detail. <laughs> and did we mention that we live in Seattle? Yeah. So you just don't know if it can rain in like July or June, which is when I had my wedding and it did rain, so that was good. But Yeah, that was like a big thing, is that I didn't wanna have to flip the space in my reception, so I wanted a separate indoor ceremony space where they could quickly move it inside if needed, and this venue had that, and so that was a huge plus. And the other great thing about it was that it was kind of a blank canvas. Like the space was beautiful, it had great outdoor space for photos, and the reception area was amazing because they had these big walls that basically opened up and made it one big room with the patio so it was all kind of great for a summer or spring wedding when the weather's nice but really the indoor space since it was just a wedding venue they just do events and weddings there so it's kind of a blank canvas and you can kind of put whatever style you want to it which was what I was looking for since I was going for more of a and like classic romantic my colors were tiffany blue and glittery silver so all the
0: kind glitter.
1: Of <laughs> all the sparkly glitter things but yeah I loved it the one tricky thing about it was we were there doing the open house and of course there's other couples there trying to also book this venue who do they think they are <laughs> and um first of all I was I knew that this was like the perfect venue, but I'd already scheduled a appointment with one other venue for a few days later. And so I was like, oh, I don't know, like, should I really cancel on this other venue? I I don't know. And my husband, then fiance was like, is that other venue really going to top this one? And I was like, yeah, you're right. It's not, there's no way this is the best. And he's like, so we just, we just, let's book it right now.
0: So good. Shout out to Ethan on that one.
1: Yeah, he he was good. I'm normally the one that makes decisions and he doesn't like to make decisions, so he got big points for that. So we were there and we just had to go in and pick our date. But of course this is a quite a popular wedding venue and for the following year, because they're book a year out, they only had Fridays or Sundays available uh-huh. during the two-month period that I was looking for, which was between May and June because I wanted a late spring, early summer wedding. And I was like a little bit shocked because I've never even considered having a wedding on any other day but Saturday. And the next Saturday available, when we went to visit the this venue in June, the next Saturday available wasn't until a year and a half later in September. And I was like, well... I'm not going to wait that long, mm-hmm. and I also didn't really want to change my whole theme of having a wedding in fall instead and all the things I've been dreaming about for years. I didn't want to change all of that just because I couldn't have my wedding on a Saturday. So we decided to go with a Friday, and the good news with that is that there's a slight price break for having your wedding not on a Saturday, so something to consider. Mm-hmm. We got a few different date options and settled on one. and. It was great, but a lot of things to consider. Again, the dates and the venues a lot of times go hand in hand because if we'd wanted to get married on a Saturday, then we wouldn't have had the option of the May or June timeframe that we wanted unless we wanted to wait a full another year. And who wants to do that? Let's be real. (laughs) Yeah. Or you get to be a little creative and have a Friday or Sunday wedding, which is actually becoming a lot more popular nowadays. But yeah, there's a lot of things to consider and... But it's a really fun process.
0: Yeah, I really love your advice about um, the date and the venue going hand in hand like that. I remember when you called me up, I think you were probably at the venue, and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, Brianne, this came out of nowhere. I have to have a wedding on Friday or Sunday. What do I do? I love this venue. And I think we discussed it about how having it Friday would kind of give everyone the night to party it up versus Sunday where people might be wanting to get to bed. And yeah. I think that it worked out really well. You know, maybe people have to take Friday off, but at least they'll get there and party all night with you, which they totally did, and it was a ton of fun. And yeah. your, vet, your venue was totally gorgeous.
1: So you've heard our stories about choosing venues, and now it's your turn.
0: So you sit down and you're starting to think about planning your venue. And you're maybe wondering what's even out there, like available for venue options. I talked about how mine was on a golf course and Emily's was more of an event space specifically for weddings. But there's so much more out there that you can choose from. Some ideas are mansions, houses, manors, those places can be so gorgeous barns, maybe you're wanting a rustic chic sort of style. that can be really fun. things like hotels and resorts, which is always nice if you have like out of town guests and they also need somewhere to stay. Something that's really trendy right now is like industrial buildings and kind of along that vibe as well, you can find like some beautiful ballrooms. Of course, there's the traditional and um, getting married in a church.
1: And something to consider about this, too, is a lot of times it's become a little bit more of a trend now to have your ceremony and reception in the same place, but obviously you don't have to do that and could have your, for example, ceremony in your church and then have your reception somewhere else. So that's the most common thing is to do your ceremony like in a beautiful church or in your church you grew up in Mm -hmm. and then move on to a fun ballroom or Mm -hmm. your even your parents backyard or somewhere else to have your reception Mm -hmm. and that's also a really great option
0: Mm -hmm. and then those are kind of some of the more traditional spaces that you might think of hosting a wedding but there's so much more out there now with non-traditional spaces things like maybe a boat or just renting out a restaurant having it in your parents backyard like you mentioned Our favorite non-traditional, having it in a treehouse.
1: There's actually a place near Seattle where they have treehouse weddings. Yeah, you guys, that's real. If you want that, just let us know and we'll hook you up.
0: Yes, and someone please do it because that's so cool. We also haven't mentioned getting married in a courtroom. You can always go that path and then maybe you have your party somewhere else like Emily mentioned. And then even further, having it in a museum or like an aquarium. Like there's so much so many cool things you can do if you can think of it and work with the venue like you can make it happen wherever and then the final kind of note on that is also the idea of an elopement you know where you're going off to get married on the beach in Hawaii so there's so much out there um I think it's important to keep an open mind when you're looking maybe you're not just googling wedding venues but you're really opening your eyes to look further and see what's out there and let us know, add in the comments, if you have gotten married at a really non-traditional place or you're thinking about it, we'd love to know like some different ideas and suggestions.
1: All right, besides looking at the list of the possible venue types and narrowing that down, there's also a list of questions you need to have answered and ask yourself, talk to your fiance about it, have this pretty much narrowed down and figure it out before you go visit your venues. This will really help pick your venue but also help narrow them down once you go visit all of them. So, first of all, what kind of vibe are you going for? This is the most important one. Whether you're going for like a rustic look, you really want a classic, more formal type wedding, if you're going for a beachy wedding, then obviously maybe destination is more something your style or you have a local beach you can go to. The vibe, the style, Mm -hmm. whatever you're looking for, what you want your wedding to look like. That's the most important thing because your venue is going to be the background for that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Second question, how many people are you having? Obviously, you're not going to have RSVPs by now and you probably won't have your guest list all written out, but you just need to have a general number because it makes a big difference if you're going to have 25 people at your wedding or like 300 people at your wedding. So you just need to have sort of a general number to give your the venues because some venues, have limits and you'll need to know if the venue can even host what you're thinking for your guest count
0: yeah so i think it's really important just to have that estimate in your head but emily and i will dig into the guest list specifically further in one of our later episodes
1: for sure Another question is if you want your venue near your home or as a destination. Destination weddings are becoming really popular. You can go off to Hawaii or somewhere really fun and exotic, and a lot of those are all-inclusive. Or even just my dilemma was which town to have it in or what city in the U.S. to have it in based on where your family's located. So destination doesn't even necessarily have to be like a fun tropical destination, but Just whether you're having it in your hometown or the city where you're living now or where your family's mostly based out of, just narrowing down the actual location is really helpful. Another question to ask and answer is, do you want an all inclusive venue or are you more of a DIY kind of person? There's a lot of venues out there that they include everything. They include like down to the food, the linens, the tables, the chairs. They have someone helping you coordinate everything, which is amazing. But there's also some that literally you bring everything yourself. That's kind of what my venue was. I had to rent my own plates and silverware and they didn't have a restaurant on site. So we brought in our own caterer and our own alcohol and everything, which was really great for us because we got to choose that all ourselves. But if you're not someone who wants to choose all that stuff or want someone else to kind of take care of it for you, then that might not be your vibe
0: and mine was the total opposite, totally all-inclusive. They did the food, they did the napkins, they did all of those details for me, which it could end up being pricier if you are kind of stuck with using that specific vendor, but it saved me a ton of hassle and they helped cover the, a lot of the details.
1: Yep. Another thing, you might want to think about whether you have a specific caterer you want to use or if it's important that you are able to bring in your own caterer or food, Mm -hmm. or if the venue has someone either on site or has a specific list of preferred venues you have to use because some places do require you to use either the restaurant they have on site or a list of people that they work with. So if that's important to you, you'll want to decide that beforehand. If you want to have your wedding inside or outside, or a mixture of both, again, Brienne and I both really liked the idea of having an indoor reception and outdoor ceremony, so that was really important for us to find a place that fit that, but you can pick whatever fits your style and what makes you happy, and, or you might not care, so you can open up your possibilities. <laughs> and then last really important question, we think, is, Do you need a hotel at the venue or nearby? Because sometimes you can find really amazing venues, but there's no hotel or easy place to stay within like an hour. And that's a really important logistical question to think about because you have to get all of your guests there. If there's going to be alcohol, you have to think about getting people home safely. You have to get your whole wedding party there. And you as the bride and groom don't want to drive yourselves home. There's a lot of things to think about with uh, logistics of people staying so it's always a good thing just to consider that obviously you don't have to have that decided but
0: just consider the nearby amenities Mm -hmm. when you're looking at your venues fun fact about us is that we actually got married in the same city totally didn't plan that but it just ended up being this amazing wedding destination and Even for us, it was a city that was relatively close to a lot of things, but it was still maybe 15 to 20 minutes from most of the hotels. And so even that distance factored into how we planned our day. So yeah, Emily, you're totally right. That's something that's really important to think about. Yep. So you've kind of thought about what sort of venue you might want to have. You've got this list of questions that you've answered to kind of drive what you're looking for and now you're taking the really exciting step of actually going out and visiting some venues. First of all, we hope that they're gorgeous and you find the venue of your dreams. But while you're there, we also have a list of questions that's very important for you to ask when you're going on the tour and communicating with the event staff there. These questions even get down to the tiny little details, but I think it's important to know these things. Yeah. And don't be afraid to take notes, ask all the questions. They've heard all these questions before.
1: They're used to it. And it's really important that you get the answers that you need when you're there. And so you can compare all the venues. So first question are things like tables and chairs provided because it's really not fun to find out that you just paid $4,000 for a totally empty room. Right. A lot of places that's actually very common that tables and chairs are not provided or they're only provided like chairs for the ceremony and not the reception or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or you'll have to rent them separately. So that maybe they'll, they'll provide them, but you have to pay extra for them. Along those same lines, other items provided like linens, tableware. All those sorts of things like ask what is provided and what you're going to need to bring in again sometimes they provide it or sometimes they have it available to rent or purchase from them or sometimes you're going to have to totally bring it in yourself so there's kind of three tiers of options and you need to get all the details on that all the details another important one this might not be important for everyone unless you're like really specific on decorations which we really were we totally are but sometimes they limit what kind of decorations you can bring. Like if you can have candles, like with an open flame, or if you can only use battery operated ones, or if you can have glitter, cause they don't like to have
0: glitter left over at the end of the night. Uh, but we happen to love glitter on everything everywhere. So that yeah. could definitely be an issue. And things like sparklers, if you want to do
1: a fun grand entrance with sparklers or throwing rice and birdseed, it's common for the exits, things like that. If you have a specific idea in mind, ask them if it's allowed because sometimes it's not and then that might be a deal breaker for you. Or you're just going to have to get creative. Another question to ask, what is the staff situation? Like, Do they provide servers, day of coordinator, bartenders? Yes, all of that. Ask what's provided and if you need to tip them, if like, there's a service charge mm-hmm. involved, all of that. Don't be afraid to ask about those details. Super important question, alcohol. Do you bring it yourself? Do they provide it? What's allowed? A lot of venues only allow wine and beer and no hard alcohol. Mm -hmm. And that, again, can be a deal breaker for some people. Certainly was for (laughs) my family. But also, I would note that you can have a great wedding with just wine and beer. Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of discussion about that over the years, about like, it seems like a way more fun party if you have an open bar and need to have all the cocktails, but really... At our wedding, we were only allowed to have wine and beer, and we had a really fun selection of the two, and it didn't seem like you were missing out on anything. So
0: I wouldn't be afraid to limit it to that if the venue only limits you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly a personal preference there. Another thought you sort of mentioned was bringing in your own alcohol and how much that can save you a ton of money. It's not always as common in venues, but some do allow you to bring in your own. I have a friend who got married at a venue that allowed outside alcohol, and she went and bought all of her wine and beer from Costco. Bottles of wine for like $5 a pop, it saves you a ton of money. So that's a cool option if you can find something like that.
1: Yep. Yep. And along those lines, again, ask all the details. Some places will let you bring your own, but then they'll have a corkage fee, Ooh, which note. is sometimes like $25 a bottle. It's ridiculous. So again, ask the details about all of these things,
0: all the things.
1: Catering that was on the list before. But again, ask what they're on site, if they're on site or if they have a preferred list of caterers or if you're just free to get whoever you'd like and then Ask if there are any hidden fees, like for cake cutting, it seems silly, but sometimes there is a charge like $2 a person just to cut the cake, and it's yes. kind of silly. If you have 300 people at your wedding, that's $600 just for them to cut your cake, and it doesn't include the cake, so <laughs> just a lot of extra costs. If there's any like cleanup charges, any, any other just extra fees, there's a lot of hidden fees in venues. And then another thing that Brian and I really really like are the bride and groom's rooms. Both of our venues had really fun rooms. My venue had a really fun groom's room that had like a mini fridge and some games for them to hang out with. And then our bride's room was like really fancy and had some fun couches and chandeliers and really cool mirrors for us to get ready in. And then that was great because we spent the whole day hanging out and drinking champagne and just relaxing while we were getting ready. So You can ask if they have a bride and or groom's room. Definitely take a look if you can. And then ask when they're available, if you can get in early. I know at my venue, we paid a little bit extra so we could get in earlier, so we could make sure we could just spend the whole day there and get ready there. But sometimes they make you get all your stuff out before the wedding starts, things like that. If that's important to
0: you like it was for us, it's always a fun little extra perk. So as we wrap up our first podcast episode... I wanna give a quick shout out to my wedding venue. If you're ever over in the Seattle area or if you're looking to have your wedding around here, I got married at Echo Falls in Snohomish, highly recommend. And I highly recommend my venue, it's called Hidden Meadows. It's located in Snohomish, which
1: is just a little outside of Seattle. They were super personable and easy to work
0: with and it was a beautiful venue. So to wrap it all up, We wanna leave you with the three ingredients that will make choosing your wedding venue a piece of cake. Emily, why don't you start us off with the first one?
1: So first thing to remember is choosing your venue and choosing your wedding date really go hand in hand. Number two is don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah, and last and most important we think is pick the venue that feels right to you. You'll just know wait till you find that venue
0: that really fits your needs and and feels feels good like home yes exactly so that's all we have for you today we're so happy that you tuned in with us for our first episode and we can't wait to come back next week to share some more wedding details with you and if you listen to this podcast with us your wedding planning will be a piece piece of cake. cake so since this was our first podcast and we're super new to this If you enjoyed listening to us and feel like you actually got some good takeaways and tangible tips for your wedding planning, please, please, please go rate us, review us, share us with your
1: friends. You can also find us on Instagram at Podcast, or you can email us at pieceofcakepodcast at outlook.com. So keep listening and share it with your friends. Thanks. And we hope your wedding planning is a piece Piece of of cake. cake.